Welcome to It's a Good Life, the podcast for entrepreneurs, where it's all about growing yourself and your business. Here's your host, founder of America's largest business coaching company, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you and welcome to It's a Good Life. Today, we're going to continue our series entitled What I Learned From. And the person we're going to talk about today is what I learned from Jim Rohn. Now, my first exposure to Jim Rohn was at a conference in 1986. And what a life-changing experience that was. That's why having a chance to go to events, when you get a chance to go, just do it. And I went to an event, and I really had never been to any seminar like this before. And Jim Rohn was there, and Zig Ziglar was there, and Tommy Hopkins was there, and Lou Holtz was there. What a profound impact those men would have on my career and my life. Now, Jim especially caught my eye, and Jim was talking about something about developing your personal philosophy. And I just had no idea what he was talking about, but I found his vocabulary fantastic, his insights amazing. And back then there was no coaching programs or online resources you could get. So you went to the back of the room and you bought books and you bought cassette tapes. And if you're under 30, you can Google what cassette tapes were. And I would basically listen to Jim Rohn in my car every single day for years and years and years. The man has had a profound impact on my life, on my philosophy, on my character, on my approach to business and life. And I've continued to listen to Jim, continue to be a student of his even after his passing. The great joy I've had in addition to being a student of his was also that I had a chance to then meet him in person and then ultimately have him be a guest at many, many Buffini conferences. We built a lifelong friendship, and I'm going to share with you not only things I learned from his teachings, but I'll share with you a few personal insights at the end of today's episode, just a little bit of insight. And like uh, they always say, don't meet your heroes. Well, there's a reason for that, because sometimes you learn what to do and what also what not to do. And I'll share it all with you today. But I'm going to try to condense down into three points for you, what I learned from Jim Rohn, which is not an enviable task, to say the least. So the first major point would be that self-education can make you a fortune. The second is how to develop your philosophy. And then third, what I learned from Jim is how to be a person of action. So let's talk about it. Jim would always say that self-education can make you a fortune. He would actually contrast it with formal education because so many people are conditioned to formal education. You go to school, you go to high school, grades, 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 test, test, test. Lots of comparisons, lots of striving. They go to college, what's your GPA? And then you graduate. And Jim had a different approach. And it was an approach that was very refreshing to me. Because the system, and especially different in Ireland than it is in America, but when I came to America, it just seemed like everybody went to college. It was just the next thing to do. And it is kind of the next thing to do. And again, I, I often speak in very direct terms about American universities myself. There are some great things with American universities. And there's some real garbage with American universities. And now I can speak to it experientially because I've put six kids through college in the States. And I don't quite get why you have to spend the first couple of years doing the stuff you learn in high school. That seems to be nothing more than economics. Many parents, we seem to be conditioned to, hey, it's a good way for them to grow up. They're 18. They come out when they're 22. They get all the wildness out of their system or whatever. And then you hope that they learn something, they major in something, and that all the sacrifice and all the money was worth something. And Jim Rohn came to me with a different philosophy, and it was about self-education. And and here's the thing. I was actually pretty good in school. I was a guy that could listen well, I could read well, and I could take a test. 
And I would probably say that I got disproportionately good results in school compared to my efforts. I don't think I put a lot of effort into sport in school. I put moderate effort into education and I got much better results probably than I deserved because my skill set matched up with how the testing went. But when I listened to Jim Rohn and I became a real student after school and I've been a real student ever since and I've been a committed self-educator since I first got exposed to Jim Rohn and I would tell you it's made me multiple fortunes. Fortunes to the point that my children can have fortunes and their children can have fortunes. And that's what I owe to self-education. And today I'll be quoting a lot of quotes. I have this little booklet here. There's this fantastic little book. It's called The Treasure Quotes by Jim Rohn. You can find them online. They might be two, three, five dollars or something, but it's a godsend. I'm going to quote a bunch of Jim quotes today because he is the most quotable person of all time. He would say, ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is poverty. Ignorance is devastation. Ignorance is tragedy. Ignorance is illness. It all stems from ignorance. Jim hated ignorance. He loved education, self-education, not academics, self-education. And he would say a successful business owner never stops learning. If you want to be successful in business, you've got to continually learn. A Harvard business study just came out here recently. It said only 24% of people working reported feeling curious in their job on a regular basis. About 70% say they face barriers to asking more questions at work. People are becoming more and more incurious. We have to be curious. We have to ask questions. They say all we needed was more access to more information. Well, we have all the access in the world to information now. It doesn't seem to have made anybody any smarter. So ignorance is not bliss. Here's the second thing is, what is the power of personal development? You know, the first time I met Jim in person, I'd, again, I'd listened to him for years. I'd read all his books. I'd been to a number of his seminars. And I had a chance to go to a meet and greet, and I met him in person. And uh, he heard a bit of an accent. He asked me questions. He told me about his experiences in Dublin. We had a great old chat. And then he said something he had said on the stage, but he looked me in the eye and he said, Mr. Buffini, if you'll work harder on yourself than you do on your job, you'll go from making a living to making a fortune. Words that struck me. I might have been 23 years old when I heard those words. So more than three decades has passed. I actually have goosebumps saying those words to you right now while I'm talking to you because I remember where I was. I remember the look in his eye. And I remember how that day and that changed my life. Work harder on myself than I do on my job. I'll go from making a living to making a fortune. And it's so true. And he would say all these different quotes, like life is a unique combination of want to and how to. And we need to give equal attention to both. He would say the most important question to ask on the job is not what am I getting, but the most important question to ask is what am I becoming? Your income is determined by your philosophy, not by the economy. In fact, I recorded an episode called Control Your Own Economy. Listen to it. Hugely inspired by Jim Rohn, that episode, which was basically don't get caught up in what the economy's doing or what the rates are doing or what the Fed is doing, all the different reports. Is there a recession? Is there a not a recession? Jim would talk about controlling your own personal economy. So right on. So ignorance is not bliss. The power of personal development And then when Jim really would get into how self-education can make you a fortune. So again, I'm going to share some things. And again, if you're in the education business, I'm not bagging on you. I'm in the education business. I'm in the adult education business. I have a coaching company that's in the adult education business. But here is some of the facts of the world. And I'm going to kind of shake up the mindset a little bit. 
ResumeBuilder.com says a third of recent college grads are working at jobs that don't require college education. So a third of the people who went all the way through college, okay, and we're going to get into the numbers of what that costs in America today, a third of the people are working at a job where they didn't need a degree at all. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York showed that only 27% of college grads have a job related to their major. One out of four people go through college, get their degree, and then work in the field that they studied. Now, don't get me wrong. I want my doctor to go to medical school. I want my engineer and the bridges I drive on to go to engineer school. I'm glad all my accounting team have accounting degrees. Of course, of course, there's a place for it all. But it's one out of four, which means that 73% of people who graduate from college are not working in their field of specialty. It doesn't mean there wasn't other benefits. It doesn't mean there wasn't the chance to grow up. It doesn't mean they didn't learn something. But it also meant there's not a specificity. And there's a lot of money and a lot of time in formal education. National Student Clearinghouse Organization says only 62% of students that start their degree actually finish the program. So we have 38% dropout rate. And of the 62% that finish, only 27% of them are working in the field that they studied. It's tiny percentages. It's tiny percentage. Basically, 15% of all people who start college with a major are actually working in the job, okay? 38% don't graduate at all. So let me just give you now the college data information. And this is a mindset because so many people would shrivel up in America at the thought of not having their kids go to college. But the average private college education in America for a four-year, which only half the students who graduate complete in four years, is $160,000. And you know what? People think nothing of it. People think nothing of getting into debt, getting their kids into debt, having student loans. People think nothing of it. What's wild about that is I have a coaching program that costs around six grand a year. The average person who comes into our coaching program makes $38,000 a year. And the average client we had last year made $460,000 a year. So imagine in four years, somebody spent 25 grand at Buffini and Company in a coaching program who then has made a million and a half dollars doing what they want to do. People agonize over that thought. But people think nothing of spending 160 grand, where 38% of the people don't graduate. And then of the 62% that do graduate, 27% of that number end up in the job that they got the degree for. So that has carried on in my life. I learned that from Jim Rohn. I've continued on in that vein. By the way, if you're interested in becoming a millionaire for a fraction of a cost of what it costs to go to college, go to itsagoodlife.com slash BC. That's a business consultation. You know what? Colleges don't let you try out the school for free. We actually let you try out coaching for free. So why don't you go get a coaching session and a business consultation? Go to itsagoodlife.com slash BC. And it's a fraction of the cost. And so if that's you today, if you have a business and don't have a business coach, but you or your parents spent a boatload of money to go to college, I'd say that's strange. I'd say you might want to take a look and say, maybe there's a better way to go. So have a look at that and see if coaching's right for you. Formal education will make you live in, self-education will make you a fortune, my mentor Jim Rohn said, and he was right. He used to say, if someone's going down the wrong road, he doesn't need motivation to speed him up when he needs his education to turn him around. Our future will be shaped by our personal philosophies, and we're going to talk about that in a second. So Ignorance isn't bliss, the power of personal development, and self-education can make you a fortune. And I believe it. We have 22,000 people we work with on a one-on-one basis right now. 
and we help them every day and our results are they make on average between 10 to 12 times that of their competitors. So that's where it's at, self-education. So now let's talk about developing your philosophy. Now, this is what Jim was best known for. In fact, he was known as America's foremost business philosopher. And he stressed the importance of developing your own philosophy, something that isn't talked about today. You know, most self-help and self-development books today, for the last 20 years, shall we say, are really about tips and techniques, kind of how to hack the system. They're more insight books, quick reads. And there's benefit to them all. I've read many of them. I've interviewed many of their authors here. But back in the day, Jim Rohn was talking about how to develop your philosophy. And so what I thought is maybe some of you aren't that familiar with Jim. So I'm going to go back in time here. In 2003, the last time Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar were on stage together was at our Mastermind Summit. It was one of the great thrills of my life. And Jim talked on philosophy and Zig talked about motivation. And those two things together to me, make up a great, great recipe for success. So we had the two lads on stage together, and it was a dream come true for the two old veterans and the young up-and-comer at the time. And so we're going to go and listen to a couple of minutes of Jim talking about philosophy. And if you're new to him, this will be hopefully an introduction for you to find out more about Jim Rohn. And if you've been very familiar with Jim, this will give you a warm, fuzzy listening to the man's voice. So let's go back to 2003 and hear Jim on stage at Mastermind. Well, the major part of our future is going to be shaped by our personal philosophy. And philosophy is a big subject that embraces everything to begin with. Where did we come from? Where are we going? What's the meaning of life? All of that. Then there's economic philosophy. There's social philosophy. There's political philosophy. I've been lecturing in uh, Russia. The communists taught capital belongs to the state, not the people. That was their economic and political philosophy. We've been teaching all these years what? Capital belongs to the people, not the state. What a difference in philosophy. Mm. So philosophy shapes the country. Philosophy shapes the community. Philosophy shapes the church. Philosophy shapes our own personal lives. So philosophy is what we've learned and what we've heard and what we've seen what we've experienced, and the decisions we've made from what we've learned, that shapes our philosophy, whether it's economic or social or personal or whether it's spiritual. And that's the beginning of working on a new life and uh, a new direction is learning to alter your philosophy. Mm. One of the first ones that helped me was my economic philosophy. I met this man when I was 25 years old, and he said, show me your current economic plan. And, of course, I didn't have one. And I said, well, I'm probably spending a little more than I'm making. And he said, who sold you on that? And I thought, wow, I've picked it up somewhere along the way. And he said, couldn't we start making some changes in your economic philosophy to start that would change now the future of your life? And I said, I suppose we could, and that's what we did. So don't spend more than you make. Because I found back then it was easy to make $5,000 a month and go broke. And someone back then said, how could you make $5,000 a month and go broke? And I said, spend (laughs) $6,000. So all of that started to shape my life. And then I found out your income is determined by your philosophy, not by the economy. Mm. And once I learned that, I thought, well, gosh, then I don't have to work on the economy. 
All yeah. I have to do is work on my personal philosophy. That started it all for me. Awesome. Wow. Gives me the goosebumps listening to him. And he's such a sage, such a sage. And today in a world that's drowning in information, boy, we could use some wisdom. I'm very thankful for the wisdom he passed on to me, and I'm going to try and pass it on to you. You know, philosophy by definition is a theory or attitude held by a person or organization that acts as a guiding principle for behavior. So what's the philosophy? And it's the philosophy comes first, so the action comes second. And the way I teach this when I talk to people about it is I talk about salt. You're the salt of the earth. Well, salt is made up of sodium and chloride. And if you take sodium by itself, it'll kill you. If you take chloride by itself, it will kill you. But you put it together, it's the greatest spice the world has ever known. Just like philosophy is like the sodium, and action is like the chloride. A lot of people in business, they're all chloride. Action, 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 action. And they keep making the same mistakes over and over again. You got to have the philosophy. So here's some tips here on developing your own philosophy. The first thing is, what are you working for? You know, what are you working for? You know, remember why you started in the first place. Why did you start in business? What, what are you actually working for? What is it that got you going into this in the first place? And for me, it was, you know, obviously I'm an immigrant. I have no resources. I always felt that economic need and scarcity. And I wanted to build a life and a business of my own. I wanted to be able to impact people. That was a passion of mine. I wanted to be able to take care of my family and basically create an environment where my kids before they even knew I had kids, right? I mean, that, that they would be able to do what they were put on earth to do. And so that's worked out for me. And that philosophy was what I was working for. He would say, motivation is what gets you started, but it's habit is what keeps you going, was one of his personal philosophies there. When you know what you want, and you want it badly enough, you'll find a way to get it. And in the debates with him and Zig, he would talk about motivation versus philosophy. He'd say, motivation alone is not enough. If you have an idiot and you motivate him, now all you have is a motivated idiot, right? So Jim was a character, but he'd ask you, what are you writing for? He'd ask you, what are you working for? The second thing he'd say is write goals. And many of you have heard me talk about goals. I've, I've physically put more people through the act of goal writing than anybody in the world. Over 3 million people have done goal writing with me in person. And Jim was big on goals. Zig was big on goals for different, different approaches to it. When it came to goals... Jim would say, there's no telling what you can do when you get inspired by them. There's no telling what you can do when you believe in them. There's no telling what will happen when you act upon them. Another great quote of his was, I find it fascinating that most people plan their vacations with better care than they do their lives. Perhaps that's because escape is easier than change. No doubt. And then he used to say, we all need lots of powerful long-range goals to help us pass the short-term obstacles. So what are you working for is kind of like the purpose. Writing out your goals, well, that becomes the plan. And then Nike, just do it. Just do it. Jimmy you say life responds to deserve, not to need. It doesn't say if you need, you will reap. It says if you'll plant, you'll reap. And Jim was big on reaping and sowing. You got to reap and you got to sow. And, and you, you got to get busy planting. You know, he'd go pity the person who wants to reap a harvest who never planted a seed. And he's right. And we live in a world today that a lot of people want to harvest and they don't want to dig up the ground. They don't want to plant the seed. They don't want to water and fertilizer. They just want the result. You got to do the work. The few who do are the envy of the many who only watch, he would say. You must get good at one of two things, planting in the spring or begging in the fall. Man, I can hear him say that.
So as you develop your philosophy, what are you working for? Write out those goals and then just do it. And then lastly, he would talk about, again, be a person of action. So just do it is the Nike call to action, but he would say, be a person of action, which is become the kind of person who takes action. Become the kind of person who's developed their philosophy and then takes action on that philosophy. And so a couple of tips that I picked up from Jim on this would be to perfect the fundamentals. Be disciplined. He was always big on discipline. And he was a disciplined man. He would say success is neither magical nor mysterious. Success is the natural consequences of consistently applying basic fundamentals. Don't wish it were easy. Wish you were better. Oh, I can hear him say that. Don't wish for less problems. Wish for more skills. Don't wish for less challenges. Wish for more wisdom. Success is nothing more than a few simple disciplines practiced every day, while failure is simply a few errors in judgment repeated every day. It is the accumulative weight of our disciplines and our judgments that leads us to either fortune or failure. It's just brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. The second thing he would talk about very specifically was to become a pro at finance. Now, it's interesting. In school, I practiced accounting. In growing up for my dad's painting business, since I was 12 years old, I did the books. And I was good at the books. But personally, I never really translated that into my own expenditure. I was just like everybody else. There was times I overdrafted my bank account. And it wasn't until Jim kept saying, no, if you want to be successful, no matter what, it's not optional. You have to be good at finances. And that's like just a no-brainer. You have to be good at it. So I did. And he would say, the philosophy of the rich versus the poor is this. The rich invest their money and spend what's left. The poor spend their money and invest what's left. It's, it's so simple, so profound, but yet life-changing. If you invest first and spend second, you're in a totally different perspective and a totally different life than the person who spends first and invests what's left. He would say to become financially independent, you must turn part of your income into capital, turn capital into enterprise, turn enterprise into profit, turn profit into investment, and turn investment into financial independence. That's the sequence. And then he would say, if you're not financially independent by the time you're 40 or 50, it doesn't mean that you're living in the wrong country at the wrong time. It simply means you have the wrong plan. So you got to become a pro at finances. And then lastly, which he was big on, which is the law of the harvest. You reap what you sow. You know, for me, this is big. I mean, I translated this and I would, I would search some of Jim's quotes and I would find them in the Bible because he would always say, ancient texts say, ancient scripture says, but he'd never really quote the scriptures. So I would dig them and I would, I would have fun chasing Jim Rohn's quotes in the Bible. A lot of them in the book of Proverbs. But one, which is one of the principles I built my business on, said, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. Which you can't make fun of God. Whatever a person sows, that's what they reap. So let's not become discouraged in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we don't become weary. That's in the book of Galatians. If you sow and you do it for the right reasons in the right way, over time, if you don't give up, you will reap the harvest. Jim said it this way, success is not to be pursued, is to be attracted by the person we become. So that was the ultimate reaping and sowing for him. He said the greatest form of maturity is at harvest time. That is when we must learn how to reap without complaint if the amounts are small, and how to reap without apology if the amounts are big. And then others, he'd say, let others leave small lives, but not you. Let others argue over small things, but not you. Let others cry over small hurts, but not you. Let others leave their future in someone else's hands, but not you. I got to share with you, I've quoted a bunch of Jim Rohn quotes here today. I have lived them. I have taken these to heart. 
I am uh, three decades listening and learning and loving Jim Rohn. And I can share with you that wisdom is wise. And wise words produce a wise life. The man's really helped me. And I'm forever thankful for him. On a personal level, I'll share with you some, just some short things about the man that I came to know as a friend. One thing that I learned from observing Jim was Jim always took time for Jim. Jim had an RV and a bicycle. And uh, Jim would head up to the mountains. And even he would be traveling. He'd be going all over the world. He'd come back. And the next thing you know, he'd take a little trip, even for a day or a weekend or one night. And he'd head up to the mountains and he'd get a little sun and he'd get out on his bike. And I always watched Jim taking time for Jim, something that's been a weakness of mine throughout my life that I'm only really starting to embrace now. And he used to say, I'll take care of me for you if you'll take care of you for me. And I would say, of all the quotes that I know to be true, that's the one I've had the hardest applying in my own life. And I'm really working at it now. And I tell my bride this all the time. The second thing I would tell you is that Jim had a brilliant philosophy. He himself was not a great businessman. There was a guy named Kyle Wilson, who we've had on this podcast, was really the engine behind Jim's business. And Jim recognized that he himself didn't possess the skill set to run a great business. So he went and found people who were. And I found it, on one hand, it was great. On the other hand, it was also very illustrative. And that you can have the great philosophy doesn't mean you have the skills. And so he went and found people who could help him. And uh, again, Kyle was a guy full of skills that helped him with that. And then lastly, Jim shared his regrets with me. Now, Jim used to say in his talks, he goes, if I'd have known the cost, I wouldn't have paid the price. And he would allude to some sorrows and difficulties in his life. And what I will share with you on a personal level, and this is public knowledge, but you'd have to dig to find it. You know, Jim didn't do well in marriages, and he, he lost a couple of marriages. He was a devoted father, and he was a devoted grandfather, but he struggled. He struggled being on the road, and he struggled staying married, and he struggled with that. And here was the guy that I kind of, to be honest with you, kind of idolized. But my higher value was to be married to my bride, and I was going to do the speaking thing and travel, but I wanted to be married to my wife. And I remember the last time he spoke at the Mastermind stage, Jim was almost in tears when he met my kids, and it was the third time he'd met them. And it was just like he, he said, if I'd have known the cost, I wouldn't have paid the price. Back then, travel was hard, and he'd have to go for extended periods of time. And just like from my own life, you know, just so you know, you can learn what to do and what not to do from your heroes. And Jim was my hero. He wasn't a perfect man. He didn't live a perfect life. He wasn't a great businessman, and he struggled with marriage. Two things that, you know, to be honest with you, I've kind of excelled at and, and really committed to. But I would also tell you that he was a man full of wisdom, and he changed my life, and he's made me into the man I am today. He's huge influence in my life. I hope you get a chance to listen to him. A lot of his stuff's out there on YouTube. You can listen to him for free. You can get his little treasury of quotes books. There's still courses out there that Jim Rohn has that you can buy and, and listen to. This is the reason I do the business I do today, is there was people along the way that I learned from. And I'm trying to share many of their stories, whether it be Jim Rohn or Zig Ziglar or Ogmandino or Lou Holtz or all the greats that I've learned from, many more that I'll, I'll be sharing in these episodes with you. And I want to pass on what I learned from them and what I applied, and I also learned what not to do. Hopefully this has been helpful. Hopefully you enjoy this. Hopefully some of those quotes resonated with you. And maybe, maybe even, you'll do a few things like I talked about, which is you'll play these episodes over and over again. Maybe you'll commit to self-education. 
some of you who have a business, that self-education might include getting a coach. You go and make your fortune rather than your parents or your debt getting you a, a formal education that just helped you make a living. So that's what I have for you today. And now I have Mr. David Lally, who's got a few great words for you. So Dave, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I enjoyed bringing it to you. Over to you. Such great stuff, Brian. I was there 20 years ago watching you and those guys on stage in Florida. It was very new to me at that time. And now it seems so familiar. It's been, uh, it's been wild. Two decades flash by and I feel like I, I know Jim Rohn through you. So it's been an amazing education. As you mentioned, people think nothing of paying 160 grand for a college education. So if you're interested in Buffini University, buff you, uh, <laughs> you want to build a fortune. You get to try it out for free. So head over to itsagoodlife.com slash BC and get talking to one of our experts. Maybe we'll see you on the big stage yourself someday. In the meantime, let's turn it over to another influential person in Brian's life, his mother, Trace. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.